Hello and welcome to this week's episode from the Veg Grower Podcast. My name's Richard and I am trying to grow my fruit, vegetables and herbs in my allotment and my garden. Now over this last week I have been reading a book about small space kitchen gardens and inspired by this book I'm giving it a bit of a review for you to get a bit of an idea of what it's all about. Now of course it's coming to that time also when we're going to be sowing our onion sets for overwintering and I want to talk a little about how I go about growing overwintered onions. That's coming up a little bit later on. First off let's find out the first section of the diary. So it is the 10th of September 2022 today and it's a Saturday. Now I am at home and I've been at home all day. And I should add, I've been off work this week with uh, holiday time. And although I plan to go down the allotment every day, it didn't happen. I've actually been doing a bit of gardening at home. But one area I've particularly been focusing on is my workshop, which is my large shed that I have in my home plot. And I love this shed, but it leaks. So I've been sorting out the roof during the week and also sorting the inside out so that I can get to all my tools, get them all nice and organised, ready for all the projects that I got planned over these winter months. Took me a bit longer than I thought it would, although probably could have done it a bit quicker if I'd really focused myself. You know how it is when you, you think you have all the time in the world, you suddenly pop things off or don't speed things up as fast as we could do anyway that's what I've been up to during the week although yesterday Roxy had a trip to the vet and she was there all day that's why I've been at home all day today because I didn't want to leave her on her own nothing serious just a bit of a operation to her eyelids without getting too complicated she's a wrinkly dog so her eyelids can cause issues and it had to be done to stop it causing further issues anyway because we didn't have a full day yesterday, and obviously we we love Roxy, we were quite nervous, so we thought we'll make the most of not having Roxy, and we popped to a garden that doesn't normally allow dogs. Now, this garden is remaining anonymous because I was a little disappointed with it. In fact, when we got there, it was basically closed, or the house was closed, and we had done research beforehand to try and make sure it was open, especially with the news of of the Queen dying the night before. But there was nothing to say it was going to be closed or it was closed on a Friday. But when we got there, it turned out it was closed. We did have a chance to have a look around the, gar- the gardens in that are free to see. A lot of the extra gardens were closed, however. Uh, but the, the, the calf was nice and the garden centre that was built in was also quite nice. So it wasn't a completely wasted trip, but I just felt a little disappointed. I've sent them an email to uh, share my thoughts on it with the company involved. So I try, try to be diplomatic, but um, we'll see what happens on that. Anyway, Now, that brings me to today, however, and it's been a a pretty busy day, actually. Uh, So I started off, I harvested some courgettes and tomatoes that were ready. We got quite a few courgettes and tomatoes that are coming in at the moment. They're delicious and they're great and we use them quite a lot. In fact, we're always trying to find meals that we can use them in. After that, I then went to the herb garden and I planted out some herbs in a sink. This is a herb called Salad Barnet, and I'm just using this because the sink is a bit of a decoration. And I've also added a curry plant into this herb garden in front of the chickens as well because I like the smell of the curry plant. I love the smell of curry. 
just wanted to add that in as well. And it, I've got to say, I'm quite happy with the herb garden now. It certainly looks like it's coming together rather nicely. I then went over to the Christmas bed and the Christmas bed, the carrots that I sowed a few weeks ago have really started to grow now. The wet weather lately really has helped them. And they needed a bit of thinning out, so I thinned them out. Basically, removing a few of the carrot plants to give the remaining carrot plants a bit more space. Now, the, the carrot thinnings that I removed, they are still edible, so we will be using those for meals in the future as well. It, well, got to be used today, really. So I, I like thinning carrots in some ways, and uh, I like to use everything to make sure we put everything to use. Now something I have found, when we pop to a supermarket during the week, I managed to get some more discount fruit bushes. These were 30p and they're just trying to get rid of them. But they weren't in the best of condition, but again I've brought these and I've potted those up. I've got quite a collection of fruit trees and bushes now to say the least. All of which are in need of a bit of care. They've not cost me much money at all and we're going to grow them on again these are going to go in all our various gardens throughout this next year and hopefully we're going to be producing more and more food in the spaces that we have and it's not costing us a huge amount of money. Now added to that, in the balcony garden I received in the post some pots that hang. Now these are just metal pots, flower pots, that just hang or on a hook and I've put these over the railing of where a balcony railing would be the thing that keeps stops people from falling off the balcony that I know it's hard to do describe this because I haven't actually got a balcony I've just built a, a balcony out of a bit of um, pallet wood to make it look like a balcony it works I love this thing I've got to say and it's been a lot of fun but it has been challenging to try and grow a lot of food in it. And these pots are just another way I see of trying to maximise the amount of space that I've got in this area to grow as much food as we possibly can. Now in these pots I have put in some herbs. So they've got just your standard herbs, mint, rosemary, thyme and oregano. So plenty there to keep us going and plenty there to to. Uh, grow and use as and when we need them. Now when I was at a garden centre yesterday I did discover a book which tallies quite nicely into what we're doing with these small gardens and that book is what I want to talk about next. So this book that I brought is called My Tiny Kitchen Garden by Felicity Hart. And I saw it at a garden centre because I've really enjoyed growing in the balcony garden this year and the patio garden and all the other gardens actually. But I've just found the balcony garden, the small garden aspect to be really quite a exciting and interesting way to grow in a small area. So I saw this book. And I thought that ties in quite nicely based on the title. I had a quick flick through while I was in the garden centre to decide whether I was going to buy it. And I thought, yeah, going to buy it. It was $8.99, which isn't too bad. The book itself fits in the palm of my hand. It's quite a small book. Uh, pocket size if you've got big pockets. But um, I thought I'd buy it. I took it home and I sat down and read it while I was just sat with Roxy after her operation. I read it in an hour. I've got to say, as a book goes, I really did find myself flicking through the pages and reading it from cover to cover without putting it down. Partly because I had no distractions and partly because I just had to sit there anyway and was looking for something to do. So, 
what it is this book all about. Basically, as the title suggests, My Tiny Kitchen Garden. It's a book dedicated to getting people to grow their own food in a tiny area, which fits in quite nicely with what I do. The first few pages it had an introduction to the author and what this book is all about and then after that it's just encouraging people to grow their own food so gardening for the planet, gardening for the mind, homegrown is healthy, basically all the excuses that we feel and I certainly agree with these excuses are or reasons actually for people to grow their own food. Now as we went on, it came up with a list of tools and everything else that you would normally need in a garden. And again, this was quite representative because it was no spades or forks in a small garden, but small trowels and hand forks, watering cans and misters. And obviously plant requirements, sunshine and eco pots and things like that. Basically, quite a good list of things that we would need. And then it moves on from that into styling your plants. So this is an idea of different ways of growing your plants. So the first thing it comes up with a coconut pot. So an old coconut turned into a pot. A method of tying up plots called macrom, which is something I've seen before but never really done. But I got inspired to give it a try after reading this book. And then things like no-nail hanging plants as well. So using an old clothing rail to use hang pots up. And right down to tin pots that are painted to look pretty. And mosaic plots, etc, etc. You get the idea. Basically, just ideas of using a small space to grow food and try and make it look pretty as possible. And then it moves on to what to grow. Now this bit, I've got to admit, I was expecting there to be... A uh, few novelty, good ideas, and especially as by this point, I'm only about a quarter way of through the book. But it just basically came up with the usual, the radishes, the chilies, the sugar snap peas, I'm flicking through the book as I talk to you, mung bean sprouts, herbs, uh, so on, so on. And, you know, I've got to admit, when I got to this, one page was about how to grow and didn't have much information on that and the next page was just a picture of the plant or the fruit or whatever it may produce nice pictures i have to say but i felt the information was just a little bit lacking on this there wasn't a huge amount of tips on how to grow the plants and there were, for me there just wasn't anything that shouted out to be anything new however this might be designed for people who have never taken up garden obviously i've been gardening for about 30 years now and i've got a good idea of everything involved so perhaps i'm not the target audience and in the last few pages are about how to use your leftovers so things like how to save seeds from your plants making compost and that sort of thing overall i've got to say i did enjoy reading this book i can't say i would highly recommend it if you are an experienced gardener other than the fact that it is good for a bit of inspiration but if you are a complete novice and you have a small amount of space then perhaps it is a good book to check out and have a look at and if you like me you have created a small garden as well it's probably just another thing worth looking at to get a bit of inspiration now, if you've read this book or seen it, please do let me know how you got on with it and what you thought of that book as well. Right, let's get back to the gardening. 
It is Sunday the 11th of September 2022 today and I'm down on the allotment and this is I think the first time I've been down here all week rather annoyingly. I I planned to come down here a lot more during this week but um, projects at home took over. I'm not complaining though, it, luckily there is a little bit less to do and I've still got another week off. What I have noticed when I first got down here is the recent wet weather combined with the warm weather has really made things grow, including the grass, the weeds, but also the field beans and the facilia has started to show itself. So my green manures really are starting to get into play, which I'm quite happy with. I will have to come down this week with a lawnmower and strimmer just to trim up the edges. But what I did have to tackle is my elder tree. Now this elder tree I do want to get rid of. It's I've been saying that for years. It's an ugly looking tree to be honest. It's just sort of spindly and grows here, there and everywhere. Grows a bit too big. We do have certain height restrictions so I've got to be a little bit on the careful side with trees down here. But uh, it was actually growing into the road and before somebody complained I figured I better trim it down and get put those trimmings into the compost bin. Now I say put them in the compost bin because my neighbours have this habit of throwing a lot of their weeds and their trimmings onto the road. I think they're trying to create traction so that their car doesn't get bogged down in the mud, which I sort of understand, but at the same point don't think they should be doing it. And I will be, well if the council says anything to me I will say so. Unfortunately, what I also throw is old courgettes and carrots that are no good. And I just think it looks messy. It's very, very boggy, slimy because of that. So I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I, I don't want them doing that. And I, I think it's very, very wrong. Anyway, trimmed the elder tree down and threw all those bits into the compost bin. And then I tackled some of my comfrey plants. Again, I've just chopped those down and I've used those choppings and I've thrown those into where I'm going to be growing my pumpkins and squash plants next year. These are some deep fill hotbeds that I've been filling up with some of the compostable material this year so that we can grow pumpkins, etc, etc in those next year. So now they've got comfrey on them. Comfrey is a great plant for adding to compost heaps to really activate it and get it rotting down fast. Something really quite special about comfrey that uh, I absolutely adore. Now, following on from that, I then went to the compost bin that had been filled up and I dug out a load of the compost. I'd started this last week and overall, I've got to say the compost at first I thought was pretty poor, but once I got down, it turned out to be really, really good material. Nicely broken down, had this really sweet smell to it, which was a good sign, and just to me felt like it was really good quality compost. So I've dug a lot of that out and put that over some of the empty beds, getting it ready for the growing season. You know, getting all prepared is what it's all about. With that compost bin empty, I've been thinking about what I should do because Scruffy Corner, as I call it, is where I do a lot of my composting. And I did plan to build another compost bin. And with this one empty, I thought perhaps I might just take it apart and start building it this week. But I'm not sure. And the reason I'm not sure is that on the top half of the plot, next to the shed, I've got an area which was going to be a bit of a, a seating area and where I keep my bamboo canes. It's also where I keep my wheelbarrow. But I've been looking at it and I've been thinking that might actually do better as a compost heap going there. One, because it's a bit more level, so it's going to be easier just to get it started. 
Two, because it's an emptier space, so it's going to be quicker that I can get the compost bins built and into use, and then I can start sorting out Scruffy Corner. The more I think about it, the more it seems to make sense. So, yeah, I think that's what I'm going to be doing. In fact, I'm probably going to start this over this next week as well, build a new compost bin. Now after that, I just finished off by doing a bit of weeding in the potato beds. These potato beds have still got potatoes in them, which I'm not digging up just yet, but I think I'm going to have to dig them up pretty soon just to start getting them into storage. Um, I, I, I want to build actual beds around these, so again, perhaps that's something I should think about over this next week. Well, as I said, I've been preparing a lot for this growing season and something that I will be overwintering is my onions. And because of this, I want to talk a little about how I'm going to be growing my overwintering onions. Now, one thing that I grow every year is my autumn onion sets. And I tend to grow these from sets because I find growing them from seed just to be a little bit fiddly and time consuming, which is time that I don't really have at the moment. So autumn onion sets are something that I always grow. And whenever I grow these, as I said, I tend to grow them over the winter, as the name suggests. And what I find is that one, it gives me the sense that something is happening on my allotment. A lot like the broad beans and the peas we spoke about before, they pop that bed to use. They're actually growing food when they would normally be dormant, which I also think is a good thing. I'm still paying the same rent regardless of what time of year it is. But I've also had much more success with growing autumn-sown sets compared to the spring-sown sets. This year particularly was quite a good example because this year we just had such a dry year that the spring sets just didn't really do anything. Now the disadvantages with the autumn ones is that they do have a tendency to bolt more when the uh, late in the season, just before they're coming out. Not usually a problem, it means we have to use the bolted ones first. But they also don't store as well. So the spring sets make up for those two problems. But again, I do prefer my autumn ones, I've got to say. Some years we get good spring sets, this year has not been that case. Now today I have been prepping the bed that these autumn sets are going to be growing in. What I've done is I've added a thick layer of well-rotted compost. Now a thick layer is about 5 to 10 centimetres deep. That's plenty. Because I'm a no-digger, I'm not digging these, the organic matter into the ground. I'm just laying it on top and I'm going to let the worms do the work. Which is why I'm placing this out now. We've got a few weeks before we actually get our autumn sets into the ground. So that gives it a few weeks for the ground just to settle down. Hopefully we'll get some rain which will help compact that down a little. And also help level the ground out. Now, I've done mine in raised beds because I'm on a heavy clay. I find raised beds to be a really good solution in all honesty for many things. Onions like free draining moisture retentive soil which is where raised beds come into their own so I do recommend raised beds for that very reason but you haven't got to. Now what I've also added to this bed today is a bit of blood fish and bone. I find this to be a really good feed that will help feed those plants right throughout the following year. We will use a bit more blood fish and bone throughout the year or even grow more 
but just to get it started I think it's good to add it now it's a slow release so the nutrients the feed becomes available as the onions grow in a few weeks time we'll be looking at planting out our actual sets now I've got to buy the sets and the varieties that I'll be looking at buying are Senshi which is a Japanese onion Electric which is a red variety Radar which I've had great results with and possibly even Snowball it's harder to find a Snowball but it's certainly something that we can look at when we plant these out, all I do is dip a hole about two and a half centimetres deep and drop a, a single set into that hole. I then move about 15 centimetres across and repeat. Now I like to give about 15 centimetres between each plant, depending on the variety. Again, read the instructions on the packet to see how much space each need. And because I grow mine in a bed, it becomes a block planted, so the entire block will be full of onions. If you're growing them in rows, then obviously you want to give about 30 centimetres between each row, depending on what the variety says. Added to that, when I plant them out, I also sprinkle in some mycorrhizal fungi over the top when I finish. Now, mycorrhizal fungi has a great number of benefits in so many plants and in the ground. It's well worth getting hold of some. It's pretty cheap to get hold of, and it's also very readily available these days. So mycorrhizal fungi is a must. Once planted out, give them a really good water and put some netting over to protect from birds. Normally I don't have to do that, but this year we have had a bit of a problem. All the birds come along, when they start to grow, they see them, they think they're a bit of food for them, they'll dig them out and then drop them on the ground realising it's not food for them. And that just means you end up losing your onions. So well worth just netting them over just to protect them from the birds. Once they start to grow and it's quite clear that the growth is well underway, I like to add a good thick layer of mulch. At that time of year, you usually find that leaf mulch is readily available from some local trees. Run over the leaves with lawnmower and add it over the top. But if you can't get hold of the leaves, grass clippings work. I used strolch this year and that was really, really good. And we probably will repeat the mulch layer throughout the growing months as well. Again, could be leaves, could be grass clippings, could be strolch, could be compost. Whatever you can lay your hands on. But I do highly recommend mulching the ground, especially when it is wet. Now as these onions grow, we just keep them well watered. Over the winter months, they don't need so much watering unless we get a dry spell. But on a whole, just make sure they are well watered. And of course, keep them weed free, which is very difficult to do with onions. You have to really do it by hand, in my opinion. Make sure absolutely no weeds appear, which is easier said than done, I know, because that is competition. Onions are very shallow rooted, so any weeds at the top is a real big problem for onions. Now keep them growing and we'll be looking to harvest these just after the longest day, so around uh, June time. And what you can usually tell is that the onions are ready when the tops flop over, the stalks flop over. And when most of those are flopped over, I just harvest a whole lot, place them in my greenhouse for a couple of weeks to dry out and then chop the, le the leaves and the bottoms off and off we go. We've got a good supply of our onions. As I say, they don't store for very long. Now in terms of problems, I don't get many problems, apart from birds potentially popping out the odd onion or two, which can be sorted out by protection. White rot can be a bit of a problem with onions. Now I've not suffered with it myself, but I have seen it, and it literally does look like white powder rotting away on the bottom of onions. It's a fungal disease, it's really not pleasant. 
Well, when it happens, you cannot use that bed for a number of years because it stays in the soil for such a long time. So white rod usually comes in from other sources, i.e. if you've brought onions in from, or somebody's given you onions and you've planted those, and that, that, that's where white rot can come into your bed. So that's why another reason I, I like to use sets or seeds, just to make sure that we don't get white rot. Well, there we go. That is how we go about growing autumn-sown onion sets. Love to know if you're going to be sowing autumn sets this year and what varieties you're doing. And of course, let me know how you get on. Right, let's get back to the gardening. It's Monday the 12th of September 2022 today and I am at home. Now, earlier today, we've also having today off, I did pop to the allotment first thing and just did a bit of weeding, ran around with a strimmer and just tidied things up. And then I came home and I've pretty much done the same at home. It's been really warm today and even yesterday was very warm. It's unusual because I thought we were going to get a bit of a, a, a cooling from now on, but it does appear to be very, very warm. Although we have had a bit of rain this evening as well, so the weather is just balmy is all I can say. Now for our dinner tonight, I cooked a french onion soup using some of the onions that i harvested earlier this year and it was delicious it's got to be said absolutely delicious and it ties quite nicely with what we've been talking about today so how did we make this french onion soup of course the recipe will be on the website on wednesday but basically i just melted a bit of butter with a bit of olive oil in a big pan and then i added a load of chopped onions and I just let those gently fry for about 10 minutes with a lid on until the onions were nice and soft. Then I sprinkled in some sugar, cooked for 20 minutes more, again stirring quite frequently and making sure that those onions were just cooking nicely. They were nice and caramelised, golden, full of flavour. And then I added a couple of garlic cloves, cooked for a couple of more minutes, sprinkled in a bit of plain flour, stirred it well and then added a bit of dry white wine and some beef stock. Then I cooked and simmered that for about 15 minutes. And then that was the soup made. I just ladled that into some bowls and served it and it was absolutely delicious. It's unusual. Normally we, with a soup, we would blend it into the stock, but this didn't really need it. The onions were so soft that they sort of melted into the soup anyway. So yeah, really nice, really tasty really quick and easy to cook best of all it uses onions which uh, by now many of us are going to have lots of well that brings me to the end of this week's podcast hope you have enjoyed it we will be back again next week but i'm not sure because it is the queen's funeral next monday when i normally release the podcast i'm not sure whether to do it a bit earlier or just a fraction later so that we pay our respects to the queen not sure what I'm going to do, but just tune in next week and you'll find out. If you've enjoyed this podcast, then please do leave us a review on your podcast service. And if you really want to support this podcast, head to the veggiegrowerpodcast.co.uk and sign up to be a supporting member. That goes a long way in helping us keep the podcast running. For that, I charge £5 a month and you get extra behind-the-scenes podcasts and a collection of seeds sent to your door every month. 
Now, if you want to get in touch, it's richard at vegrowerpodcast.co.uk or again, head to vegrowerpodcast.co.uk, leave a comment on the bottom of a blog post or leave a voicemail by clicking on the voicemail option. And finally, don't forget to check me out on social media. Just find me under the Veg Grower Podcast. That is it for this week. Until next time, please take care.